Music and fun. Miskin Radio. We love stories. Stories are the backbone of any comedy, any, any music writing, any writing at all. We like good stories here, but you've got a good rubbish story. A good rubbish story. Mm. Yeah. Um, this, is, uh, this is probably a, a cautionary tale, you know, if you, if, you, if you drink when you're away on holiday. Um, have, you ever, have you ever watched that Tattoo Fixers program? Crumbs, yeah. Right. Yeah. Every time you go on there, there's always somebody that says, oh, I've got this tattoo. Where'd you get it done? Oh, Magaluf. Magaluf. Yeah, exactly. Me and the lads. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was out on a lad's holiday. Bear in mind, I'm quite old now. I'm nearly 50. You know, you can't see it on radio, but trust George me. Clooney, yes. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and um, I was 18 at the time, my first holiday. I went away abroad and uh, on my own. Club 1830, do you remember them? My word. And, um, yeah, got, got pretty drunk first night out, if I'm honest. Got pretty drunk. And um, pretty much nearly sort of got loaded into the back of a bin lorry and got squashed. Um, so, right. uh, yeah, I know. It was, uh, it was a bit of an odd experience first night away abroad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, to this day, I don't know how I ended up in a bin. I, I haven't got a clue. I just remember. Well, who, you, were you alone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, was there was, you weren't, so you were, like, there was no one with you? No, 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 I think I was smoking in those days, so I probably just sort of popped out for a cigarette or something and um, fell in a bin. Fell asleep. Yeah, I climbed into smoking. a bin and just mm. fell asleep. One of these big reasons. industrial bins, not like a little kind of, you know, yeah. not a little bin, you know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I kind of woke up with this sort of sound of bleeping and the horizon moving. I thought, what the hell's going on? And, um, yeah, and I literally was just about to get kind of poured in the back of this crusher lorry and I jumped from, I don't know what height it was, and landed flat on my back. Um, was there like a banana skin on your head? <laughs> no, I like that idea. That would have been a great image. Though. Yeah. Great was there image. anything else? What, I wish there was. What sort of rubbish was in the rubbish bin? Oh, I don't know. Let's, crack, let's, get, let's nail this down. I, remember. It was, I remember there was lots of tinkling of glass. There must was it if you were outside a bar? Like, surely yeah, just been, oh, it was in you slept just on a bars, bed of glass it? bottles. Probably. Probably, yeah. So it was actually in the bin? Yeah. Yeah, I was in the bin that was actually getting loaded up and then dropped into the back of this sort of big crusher lorry. Are you like really anti-recycling now? No, no, it was just, oh, happy days. And, like, the bin men, how was, what, what did well, they, the Spanish bin men? Yeah, I mean, I, can't, I just remember getting up, dusting myself off, and, um, and kind of just these two open-mouthed kind of Spanish bin men just staring at me as I just sort of gave them a nod, walked off back to the bar, you know. Things you went, you you went back in the bar? Oh, yeah, yeah. And what time was it? Oh, I think it was about three o'clock in the morning. They do their rubbish collection at three o'clock in the morning? That's Magaluf, mate, they do everything at any time there. Goodness me. Terrible place. <laughs> Unless this is going to Magaluf, of course, in which case, marvellous. Yes, yes, absolutely. The Magaluf tourist. Um, Sorry about that. Right, so you, and you went back to the bar. Yeah. What, what did you order at the bar when you went back in? Oh, I can't were, you, were you at this point sick of Probably glass bottles? Probably a bandage, I should imagine. Were, were you? Yeah. I, I did. Uh, I do remember I was a bit sick actually that mm. evening, or well, the early hours of the morning. Um, and I forget. Yeah, this has literally just come back to me. But this was a long time ago, to be fair. I was had a straw hat. I was, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it was the eighties and whatever. I had a straw hat, uh, one of these sort of pork pie hats, and I remember being sick into that, thinking that would hold, <laughs> hold the hold the vomit, and it basically was just a sieve, really. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, this is a lovely image. Are you having your tea at home? Just, you know. <laughs> I, when you when you first said straw, I thought you meant like a drink straw. I thought you meant like no, no, you woke straw up with hat, a straw, like in, no, no, literally like behind a your ear, like, like a straw boatery type sort of pork pie hat yeah. thing, and. Uh, yeah, I just remember having that on my lap and thinking, well, that'll hold. That'll be all right. And, you right, know, kids, do not, go, do not go to Megaleaf. I think this is what we're <laughs> learning today. Yeah, I think yeah, what I'm trying to say is, you know, not, not good, not good. Tell us about yeah. the, the... I don't drink now, by the way. Tell us about the, the ladies' heckle. Oh, it yeah, was probably that drinking. was... Um, yeah, that was a weird heckle. In comedy, you get 
you know, when you first, I mean, as you know, you know, when you first do stand-up comedy, you think it's all about heckling. You mm, get heckled yeah, all the time. Yeah. You don't really get a lot when of When you say to people, like, when you say to, when, if friends say to you, what do you do, and you say comedy, they say, oh, my God, I'm scared of the heckles. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that, that hardly ever happens. Lucy, you, do you, you think about that, yeah. like, comedians and heckling? Uh, I assume it doesn't happen in music. Sorry, I haven't really given that much thought, but, yeah, no, I'd, I'd think people in, in the UK definitely have got that definite sort of polite thing, and I think that, never I can't happens. imagine that Genuinely would ever never happen. Very rarely. No, and I, I mean, heckles are good. I mean, yeah. most of the time you can feed off them and make comedy out of them. Mm. I mean, this lady that heckled me, I mean, it was the, it was the nicest heckle I think I've ever had. She just shouted out, oh, are you married? <laughs> oh, well, that's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> thought, well, what did we do in Panto yesterday? Yeah, yeah, you know, it was, um, no, it was a lovely heckle, that. So. And what, what, uh, what was your response? Oh, I said no, but this is being recorded, and my girlfriend's seeing it. So. <laughs> but yeah, that was a lovely heckle. And like, so you record, like it was recording on, on a camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you... <laughs> so did your girlfriend genuinely watch it afterwards with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you tell her like that it was going to happen, or did you just sort of watch her sit back and wait for her reaction? I, I think I did tell her beforehand. Yeah, but um, no, do, it was a great heckle. Do I've you enjoy? Like, do you yeah. enjoy watching yourself back on video? Um, I don't dislike it. I mean, it's good to it's good to get an idea of how you're getting on and what you're mm-hmm. doing and whether any you know if that, if that sort of you know line landed or whether it went wrong or in the, in your head it's funny and when it comes out of your mouth you think oh, that was rubbish. So, um, yeah, I don't mind watching myself back, but I'm not kind of, I wouldn't sit there and just watch myself 24-7. That would just be odd. Lucy, do you, do you like watching your own videos? Uh, I suppose you have to get used to it when you're, you know, a musician, definitely as well, because, like, YouTube and things are the way, um, a really good way of promoting your music. So mm. when you have to watch them back, it is a bit cringeworthy, I must, must admit, sometimes. And especially very, very old videos, say, from, like, five or ten years yeah, ago, yeah. you watch them back and you're like, oh, God. But, um, yeah, I think that it's all good, isn't it? Mm. It's tough, though. Like, it, is, it is genuinely tough. Like, I know a lot of actors, like, you know, they can't stand watching their own premieres, like, things like that. And, and that seems yeah. bizarre because, you know, they know they're talented. They've been picked by a director for, you know, for a particular role. Um, but whereas in stand-up and sort of music, m- music, you kind of haven't got a boss, whereas an actor's got a director who's picked them. Kind of, it's not quite the same, is it? You're, you're kind of almost self-employed. And, and, and I think it ages as well with comedy. You, you see not only your performance but the material as well, and you think... I can't believe I told that joke. Well, I can't believe I told that joke. Are there jokes yeah. now that like you did before that you like you don't have to do them now, but they, like you're embarrassed <laughs> you about it. You think like oh like um, you know, why no, I mean you know if I had to describe my my comedy it would be inappropriate. You know that is it across mm. the board. But um, you know so I own that. I'm quite happy with that. But there's certain things that are um, you know you just you just wouldn't necessarily do now that five years ago you quite happily do. You know. It's 11 11 there, a Bromley uh, collective, and the song is Peanut Butter Banana Jelly. I love saying things like that on the radio. What a privilege. Um, so, we're here with uh, comedian Darren Hargreaves and uh, musician Lucy Kitt. Lucy's going to be doing two last songs, um, one new song as well, uh, very soon. Um, Lucy, can you please tell us about this? The, the, when the fe- these festival goers were just lovely to you? I turned up at Lounge on the Farm, which was a great festival that used to happen just outside of Canterbury um, in Kent. And I was in my little Fiat Cinquecento, which is a pretty tiny little car. And, um, yeah, so I was driving into the festival and I reversed and didn't see that basically there was this big, massive drop into this ditch. And I just literally just reversed the car straight down into this ditch, couldn't obviously get out. And my set was in about 20 minutes. And then this coach load of, like, festival goers just had to just stop and like get the burliest guys from that coach had to come out and all four of them had to push me up uh, out of this ditch and then get me out. I was so highly embarrassed because you try and make an entrance and <laughs> I certainly made an entrance, but um, I 
literally got on stage with a, a minute to spare, I think. And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry, guys. Oh, I was stuck down this ditch. And it was actually a comedy moment, really. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Were those people in the crowd? Were they, like, did they watch you? I don't, I really don't know, but I was just so embarrassed. I went really red. And you, right. Now, is this true that you started off in a riot girl grunge band? Yeah, it's true. And my, um, when I was about 15, me and three of my um, schoolmates, one of them, my cousin, um, we were really into white girl grunge, like Courtney Love and Nirvana as well, and um, L7 at the time. And we formed a band, and we used to play around Romford yeah. in some of like the uh, hardcore, grimy nightclubs in Romford with our bobber boots on. Um, <laughs> those were the days. Uh, yeah, and um, we we only had a couple of songs, but we just had a great. We just lived it, you know. Yeah. And and I think that is all part. Because now, it. like, it's more like acoustic, folky stuff, isn't it? Would you? What would you? What would you call like? What would you say? Is that right folk, like folk rock? What would you say? Riot folk, did you say? No, no, folk rock. That's like, cool. Um, yeah, no, I... Well, we should. I, uh, Riot folk does sound really <laughs> right good. folk. Yeah. That's like new niche, isn't it? Get on iTunes, Yeah. It? Well, when I started playing on my own, I obviously turned to the acoustic guitar a lot more. And my mum and my dad and my aunts and uncles were children of the 70s and passed down all that Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan and Neil Young and all the greats. Joan Byers, so I sort of inherited that and started listening to it and sort of found a bit of a love for it and um, I really love country now and that's quite a big influence on me so it's kind of, my music is, has evolved um, I suppose into my own kind of country folk but um, yeah, I, I didn't mean to do that. What about the, right now and the, what was the name of the, 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 the band? We were called Ostara what, What's happened to those members? Are they still are they still playing? Is yeah, the band still, still going? Or? We're still close, my cousin um, Rachel, she was in um, a quite a successful punk band called uh, chasms and uh they're not together anymore but she did some great things with chasms and um the other two girls yeah we're, we're all still close yeah. but we're all doing our own things but is there ever a moment where you're like i just want to be a right girl again do you ever go uh, do you ever, ever meet up in and my just heart like, man. yeah yeah <laughs> when, you, when you guys meet up it's like right let's do it let's it do. is a, quite a force force definitely um <laughs> and you've got a new album as well coming up I have. It's quite funny in itself because um, it's called Standby. Um, one of the tracks is called Standby, but the whole album really has been on a bit of a standby for me because um, it was recorded last year and I just haven't had um, a really good sort of um, way of marketing and promoting it yet, so I'm kind of holding it back a little bit. Obviously, you need some funds behind it. I was thinking of doing a pledge or something. So I, I, I don't know about you, Darren, but like, so as a non-musician, I didn't realise how much money releasing an album costs. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, so I don't want to just kind of release it and then not have the means of getting it out there to promote it. So I was just, yeah. I'm waiting for my moment. It's on standby. I'm waiting for my moment. <laughs> astonishing how much how much musicians have to have to fund have to fund these things um okay well let's let's have the first live song so i'll let you introduce it okay uh, i'm gonna play the um title track standby from my album I stood back, I stood by, drunk wishing water dry Held my hopes in the sky, I've been a fool for a foolish guy Still don't know the reasons why Why you left me standing by Now 
Never heard another word, but I saw you often. Saw that you were back with her, and I felt forgotten. Still don't know the reasons why. Why you left me standing by? And all the days I've wasted wishing it was you that I'd be kissing underneath the summer moon. Will I ever? Understand why, why you left me there on standby? Why'd I ever wanna stand by you? I stood back, I stood by, drunk, wishing water, held my hopes in the sky. I've been a fool. Still don't know the reasons why, why you left me standing by. All the days I've wasted wishing it was you that I'd be kissing underneath the summer moon. Understand why? Why you left me there on standby? Why'd I ever want to stand by you? Lucy Kit there with "Stand By," a brand new song coming out on the new album, uh, also called "Stand By." Um, and she's going to be doing another live song in around about sort of 10 minutes' time, and you'll be able to watch it as well on Facebook. If you go onto the Michigan Radio Facebook page, you'll be able to watch it as well at the same time. And she plays it. Uh, now it's time uh, for our world exclusive of this evening. It comes from US Green's Pedestrian Zero. It's called Stare. So now it's time for our second live song uh, from Lucy Kitt. Uh, if you want to watch it, go onto the Michigan Radio Facebook page, and you'll be able to watch the live video as she does it. So over to you, Lucy. Dark winds howling wolf again Same old scene before I knew it He blew it Scared of all this letting go I'm running back to what I know It's hurting for certain Cast aside your hopes and dreams It's harder than it seems To make these choices And all these voices Telling me what I should do And either way it feels like I'm choosing But I am losing And it feels like they're all telling me how to feel and how to be No one's asking me They're just telling me They're just telling me 
Dark winds howling, wolf again. Same old scene before I knew it. He blew it. Scared of all this letting go, I'm running back to what I know it's hurting for certain. And it feels like they're all telling me. How to feel and how to be. No one's asking me. They're just telling me. They're just telling me. And I don't know the best thing for me now. I'll work it out. I always do. Some way, somehow, but I don't know the right thing to say. No, the love rolling away. And it feels like they're all telling me how to feel and how to be. No one's asking me, they're just telling me, they're just telling me. Telling me there from Lucy Kit, and the first song you did, Stand By Us, coming out on the new album, and uh, where, telling me, is that like a, an older song? Uh, it's quite fairly recent, so it's not on the on the new album, mm. but I just wanted to play it. Yeah, it was absolutely delightful, it was Lovely um, and charming. Um, so this is Lucy Kitt and Darren Hargreaves. We'll be talking uh, more to both our guests after this. And this is a new song uh, from Empathy Test, their uh, London synth pop uh, act, uh, Isaac and Adam. It's called Bear My Soul. So this is new from Empathy Test. It's called Bear My Soul. Uh, it's, it's very different from like, the first 30 seconds and then like, the typical Empathy Test beat hits. And you're like, yep, this is definitely synth pop. This is definitely Empathy Test. Um, really big fans of those chaps, Isaac and Adam. Okay, so now, of course, it is time for this. Worst jobby wobby, worst jobby wobby, worst, worst, worst. Worst jobby wobby, worst jobby wobby, worst. Okay, so it's worst jobby wobby. This is where we ask our guests uh, the worst, weirdest jobs they've ever done. Uh, typically, actors, musicians, comedians do some very peculiar jobs. Um, our favourite one so far is uh, the Brereton's came on. Brereton's um, from Tunbridge Wells. And Mark Brereton, Charlotte and Mark siblings and mark used to work in a morgue um and he told us a great story about how bodies fart during the night because <laughs> he, ha- he had the night shift working at a morgue and he was 18 oh, oh, really my God. yeah so what darren hargreaves oh. what is your worst job what is the weirdest thing you've weirdest done while working done, many well i spent 25 years as a paramedic so i've got many 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 weird stories um what can i tell you on air though um there was one uh, i was uh, about four o'clock in the morning bowling down these back roads and when i was working for the ambulance service in the middle of nowhere, um, where the Romans invaded. It's a long straight road, it's just big, long straight roads, go for miles and miles and miles. So I'm a bit bleary eyes, it's four in the morning, and a heart attack victim in the back. He's quite an old guy, roughly the big bang, and then he was born, he was that old, he was quite an old guy. <laughs> and um, and then, you know, not paying a lot of attention going down this road, and as the Romans used to do, they, you know, every now and again, they just chuck in a right angle, and they think, oh, we're going to go that way now, lads. And um, I just didn't really pay attention, to be honest, and more or less, you know, blue lights on 90 miles an hour, I'm sort of just running out of road rapidly and 
thankfully for me, right in front of me was a farm track. Um, but, you know, if you've ever been in the back of an ambulance having a heart attack going down a farm track at 90 miles an hour, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Um, <laughs> I just remember as we flew down there, actually, I remember looking in the interior mirror and looking in the back, and there, there's my crewmate, the guy who worked with, called a crewmate, him and him and this old patient just rattling around in the back like a bouncy castle. It was quite amusing, really. Um, <laughs> he was all right. The chat was all right. Oh, he was fine. Yeah, yeah. He was fine. Yeah, I mean, he was clutching his chest and grimacing. But, but was everything like going I, around? I like to think like, he was smiling inwardly. I mean, you're allowed to, like, you know, doing, so doing that job. Like, you're allowed to drive. What, like, is there an actual limit, speed limit? Um, How does that sort of thing work? Yeah, I mean, yeah, theoretically, there's... Um, I, I forget what it is. I mean, I say I left the ambulance service uh, probably three four, mm. three, four years ago. I now work in an A&E department, but... Uh, Back in the day, you could do, I think it was like 15 or 20 miles an hour over the limit was kind of acceptable. Um, you know, that, that's, that's kind of was acceptable. But more often than not, yeah, you used to kind of push the envelope a bit. Really. That's, that's incredible yeah. work. I mean, like, you know, what, what, so when you play people who do stand-ups, they say you're brave. Yeah, well, you, well, you, yeah, exactly. compared to that, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like compared to, to being a paramedic, yeah, it's bravery in stand up comedy, I think. I, I don't know nonsense. about bravery, I think madness, really. I think it comes close to madness. It's a great if you want material as well. You know, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to come and do comedy, people come and be a paramedic first and then go on stage. You, you're just never going to run out of stories. Um, there's not a lot of stories you can actually tell people live on air, but there's lots of stories. Were you, you were once heckled <laughs> as well by a dog. Uh, well, yeah, so yeah, kind of heckled, yeah. It was, um, it was a gig. I won't, I won't mention the, I won't mention the gig, but all the dog's uh, name, you know, all the dog's name, know, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, a, it was one of those, it was one of those weird defining gigs where you, you know, you know, you kind of, you know yourself. You, you have certain gigs where just everything unravels mm. and just goes wrong. But if you can survive that gig, you know, you, yeah, you, you've made it. You're a man, my son. You know, and that was one of those gigs, really, where oh, it's, uh, one of the one of the other comedians came on and. Um, Somebody drunk heckling in the audience, um, and not a very nice heckler, to be honest. You know, more often than not, we spoke about that nice heckles, but no, this was a drunk heckler, real idiot. And uh, and, the, and the comedian bit, which you should never do, you never bite, you never have a go back at the heckler. You just kind of make comedy out of it and move on. It's supposed to be fun, but this comedian bit, and then it was uh, it just unravelled from there really. And then it was the audience were having a go at other audience members. Um, the comedian basically got told to go away in the uncertain terms. I bet, I bet they didn't say go away. They kind of, yeah, 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 a few more syllables. Um, and uh, and then and and after all this kind of just unravelled, um, and then they said, uh, and now Darren Hargreaves, hey, lovely. Yeah. So I thought, oh, brilliant, just absolutely killed the room. Um, but I did go on and I did all right. But then I got heckled by the dog because there was somebody who had a dog with them because why wouldn't you go to a comedy gig and bring your dog and sit on the front row um, and then the dog started to chew the mic lead and wrestle the mic lead away from me and I just thought oh this is just a nightmare but, um, but I got through it I lived I had quite a, quite a good gig if I remember rightly to be honest so yeah it's, uh, it's heckles and this heckles mate yeah. you've been heckled by a dog no <laughs> mate, I don't think on. so come I mean, on that, that is special um, <laughs> Lucy uh, what's your worst jobby wobby tell us yours uh, I don't know about worst, but um, probably uh, strangest. Stra- yeah, strangest. I was delivering sandwiches for this deli, and because I had a car, they kind of like pack up, pack up my a little hamper full of these really nice sandwiches. And um, the idea was to go. I had a little route, and I'd go around all these offices around um, Canterbury, and like literally turn up at the door with like my little pinny on, and like Red changing, <laughs> you know, changing my pocket, and I'd get out these sandwiches. But thing is, I'm quite small, so I'd struggle with this huge hamper up the stairs. And I felt like, oh, the, the maid's here at the bottom of the stairs. I'd like be fumbling around for change, and everyone would be in a queue. That was quite a stressful job, actually, trying to get around Canterbury <laughs> at, at the right time. When everyone was hungry. What's peak lunchtime? Is it 12? Is it 1? Is it 2? What is it? What do you think? 
Mm. Mm. And what's the favourite sandwich filling? We all want to know that, don't we? A lot really? of people I mean, liked the uh, chicken and avocado. Oh, that chicken and avocado. Yeah, that's that, a very desert island. Oh, absolutely. Avocado. Avocado. Long, do you like avocado, Lucy? I love it. Avocado's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Unless you're allergic to it and then you've had it. Not really. so good. No, no, not good then. The gateway to your community. Miskin Radio. Hello, Kieran here. Thank you for downloading. If you get your podcast on iTunes, don't forget to click the subscribe button so you get a free podcast delivered to you every Thursday of our best bits from that week's show. And also, on iTunes, do leave a review as well. We love those. And on Facebook, there's loads of video content you can watch as well. Just search the Kieran Paul Sessions. Bye-bye.